Welcome to the Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It podcast. I'm Kelsey Harris, a chronic pain warrior, here to inspire hope and strength to the Spoonie community. Get ready to lift each other up and find ways to live the best life possible. Hi everyone, I'm so glad you chose to tune into this podcast this week. I know there are so many podcasts out there. Um, Trust me, I get recommendations from people all the time. And I'm always trying to sort, trying some out and trying to, you know, sort out like what I like and picking and choosing between them um, because there's just a gazillion. Um, So I basically, I really, what I'm saying is I really appreciate that you've tuned in to this show this week. Um, My goal here is always to bring you some new information or help you feel. Um, I also love hearing about people's takeaways from the episodes um, and so do my guests when I have them on. So please always feel free to tag me and them on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or kind of whatever social media you use. Um, I will admit that I've been feeling really tired this week um, and today especially. Um, I think it's just a combination of like busy life and days and probably wear down from COVID (laughs) Um, and my practicum, which can be emotionally exhausting at times. And then of course, having UCTD, um, which was last week's episode. Um, So if you haven't checked that out, my guest Danielle and I shared some of our autoimmune war stories. But yeah, I think it's just the combination of everything that's kind of gotten to me. So uh, I am holding myself very kindly today. Um, I'm going to talk about bit more about holding ourselves kindly later I think so anyway so let's uh that's like enough about that let's get on with the the episode and talk about the reason you probably tuned in because this episode is titled body positivity for spoonies now I realize there is a good chance that I'm going to get in some trouble on social media for using the term body positivity um oh boy there seems to be two sides to the argument in using this phrase And I honestly, I'm very open to both sides and I like, I'm totally happy to hear opinions on, on whether I should have titled this episode or not. And I will explain why I went with this. Um, So there's this one side that says I shouldn't use the phrase or talk about body positivity because I am a slim white woman. Um, So like the norm, quote unquote, Um, maybe, maybe minus the fact that I'm queer and have a chronic health issue, but otherwise I fall into the... You know, I'm a blonde white woman who's not overweight at all. So, yeah, there's that. And I've heard Lizzo, um, whom I love, by the way, like her music's wicked. Um, and I think that she's just like really powerful force out there. Um, so I've heard her take the stance that body positivity movement is really only supposed to be for overweight black and brown women. And I do respect that that is who started this movement and... I've, I've listened a lot to like why it's important for them to own it and um, and ask for the respect for the bodies because they don't get it. Um, and I definitely never want to take away from that. Um, so I just, again, like this is why I'm very open to hearing different points of view on this. Um, I more recently heard another side. Um, so this was from Austin Channing Brown um, on Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us. Um, So for those of you who aren't familiar with Austin, she is African-American and does a lot of civil rights type work. Um, And she said that body body positivity should be for everybody because everyone has issues with their bodies, especially women. 
And so then for me, thinking about the Spoonie community who often endures major body changes as a result from chronic illnesses and and medications, I think that this topic and calling it body, body positivity does make sense for this podcast and for this community. Now, I normally like presenting some research into whatever topic is on my solo episodes. I think it's important to to come from some kind of evidence base. But to be honest, there really isn't much research on body positivity and chronic illness. Like there's this like general acknowledgement that this is an issue, but then no one's really taken a step further to like learn more about it, yes. Um, so what I decided to do instead of research is just to check out some other blogs to see what other Spoonies have also been saying about it. Um, now, many, many Spoonies have talked about how they hate their bodies, um, how they hate how they've changed, or how they look currently, and weight gain, weight loss, hair falling out, rashes and redness, and so on. Um, there's so many things that, that can happen depending on what your illness is. So you may have experienced many of these symptoms or totally different ones. Um, in her post, Why Body Positivity Hasn't Addressed Chronic Illness, Caroline Riley said, In truth, I hated my body, this body that made me think awful, sad thoughts. And that was sort of about her experience with endometriosis. And then in her article for the Huff Post called I Can't Stay Body Positive When My Body Is In Pain, um, Jolie A. Doggett quotes Kia Brown, who said, uh, there's a lot of focus on loving how our bodies look and not enough focus on how our bodies feel. So then I was like, oh, I think there's kind of two sides to the spectrum here. So on the one side, um, we need to like accept physical changes in our body and also find ways to embrace how we look. And then on this other side, um, we need to accept how our bodies feel inside as well. And that's kind of how I view body positivity for chronic illness is like you have to have both sides. So before we move on, I will give you some of my bodily changes since having UCTD. Um, so I've talked about like chronic pain and stuff for myself before, but um, there have been some other things. So I've personally noticed a lot of skin changes, mainly on my face. But the thing is, they're not lupus-like. Um, so they were immediately dismissed by my rheumatologist, um, but they've all happened within like the last like two or so years. So definitely since I've had UCTD. Um, and this actually reminds me why I should try to find a dermatologist. Um <laughs> But I'm living in a really small city at the moment, so it's, it's a little bit easier said than done. Anyway, so some of the changes I've noticed. Um, so there's some bumps on my forehead um, that look like, when I Google, they look like milia. And yes, I Google my symptoms. I know we all shouldn't. We all know we shouldn't, but we all know we do. So <laughs> I am like everyone else. So when I read about milia, it should have gone away already. Um, but they've been there since last summer and I've like tried all like the like the like how they say to get rid of it or like including like dermatology blogs like how to get rid of it and it's like okay it's not going away so I don't know if it's actually that then um I have a slightly like a little tiny slightly dark spot on my on one of my cheeks um which obviously could be concerning I doesn't really changed and it's been there for quite a while so I'm not like freaking out about it but it's definitely something that should be looked at uh, on my other cheek, I have what looks like a pimple, except um, it's been there for like a really long time and it doesn't feel like a pimple and I just, I don't know what it is, um, but it's not going away. And there's a few more, but like, I think you guys are kind of getting the point. There's definitely 
some stuff going on in that area for me, um, which definitely contributes to my body positivity and like how I feel about like, you know, going out and like, how much makeup do I have to put on? Like, how much of this can I cover? Um, which like, you know, it's a thing, but not necessarily always a great thing. Um, I also, uh, I'm going to point out that I'm a bit, bit more sensitive than other people might be. And I, I say might very purposely here because everybody feels differently about different changes. Um, but I'm, I'm a bit sensitive because I grew up with super bad acne. Um, and I'm not just talking about like in my teens, but like I was, had acne when I was eight years old, um, all the way through high school. Uh, and it really sucked. I was teased and bullied, um, including by people who said they were my friends. Um, at one point, my mom had to go and yell at the leaders of this like girl group church thing I was in because they told all the girls, most of whom I went to school with, and I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 at the time, that acne is caused by not washing your face and eating too much chocolate. And those, my friends, are old wives' tales. Acne is caused by hormones. So, uh, in a sense, that this like these past experience, that past experience was good because a it I had to find a way to be body positive, which was freaking hard, especially when you're a teenager. Um, but for a very long time, like okay, like do I feel okay about myself? And you know what? For the most part, yes. Even with acne, I would say I, I tend towards more that side. But again, not always easy. And then B. Um, I know that what I'm experiencing right now with my skin is most likely caused by an autoimmune response. Um, Now that, just knowing that doesn't necessarily make me feel better um, or more body positive, but I think having an understanding is helpful at some level. Okay, so how can we learn to feel more positive then? Because that's probably what you came to the podcast for, because... um, I always lightly, I lightly suggest things, and I say lightly because you can do what you want with this information. Um, but what I'm going to suggest today is that we're we're striving for both external and internal acceptance. So first, I think we need to develop some psychological flexibility. Um, we all have thoughts about our bodies, and you know these thoughts aren't necessarily right or wrong, but what they do is they hook us, and they they take over us. Um, and really influence our emotions. And what we need to learn to do is diffuse from them or create some distance from them. Um, now, there's lots of ways you can do this. I have some options on my TikTok, um, which I'll link in the show notes this week. I'm not super active on TikTok. I, it's like a newer account and I, I try to post like once a week, um, but I do have therapy techniques on there. Um, and this is like, a, a, these are techniques, a lot of them for like how to create that distance. Um, second, I think is really to show some self-compassion. So we talked about this on episode 36. Um, and if you haven't listened to that yet, then now is definitely a good time because there's a lot that can come out of self-compassion work. Third is just to allow your feelings to exist. You know, repressing, distracting, and avoiding usually aren't helpful, um, to most people. Um, and actually, in fact, my blog post this week, which comes out on Wednesday is, uh, touching on this kind of repression in regards to chronic illness. So if you're interested um, in that, you can learn more about that on my blog. So let's be on Wednesday this week. Um, so janeversuspain.com. 
Um, basically, you know, what what this allowing is, is it's saying it's okay to have a bad day or to feel off or to not love your body every moment of every day. The feelings that come with those thoughts are, are very real. So open up and just try to give them some space to exist. And then next, while you allow the emotions, start to live by your values. So figure out what your values are, how they align with the limits of what you can physically do, because if you have a chronic illness, you may not be able to physically do everything you could before. Um, And then make a plan to keep living, to do things that are life enhancing, um, to do things that make you feel good, including what makes you feel good in your own skin as far as body image goes. And then lastly, I want to say you don't have to take advice from anyone. Um, so what I'm tr- I try to do with this podcast is rather than give advice is to give psychoeducation. Um, ultimately, you don't have to do anything with anything mentioned here. Um, but I always try to pre- present evidence-based ways to help. And yes, I mentioned that there's not much research that has been done on body image and chronic illness. But these ideas that I've just presented have evidence in working with chronic pain, chronic illness, depression, anxiety, anger, and even trauma, um, among other um, mental health issues and physical health issues. So there is evidence in general. Okay, so changes in our bodies can sometimes result in shame. So my quote this week is from Brene Brown. Shame is the warm feeling that washes over us, makes us feel small, flawed, and never good enough. And this is what our chronic illnesses cause us to sometimes experience, is this this shame, this like, not good enough. Um, And this is why body positivity is important for people with chronic illness. Before we wrap up today, I thought we could do a self-compassion exercise called the kind hand. So if you're going to do this with me, um, then please find yourself in a comfortable position that is upright with your feet on the floor. And you can close your eyes or keep them focused on a point in front of you. I want you to think about something that you're struggling with right now. And that could be body image or pain or anything else in your life. It could show up as self-criticism. And just take the next few moments to reflect on this and how it affects you and impacts your present and possibly your future. Notice if emotions arise for you and what they are. Now take one of your hands and gently place it on the part of your body that is experiencing the most emotional pain. This might be your chest or neck or stomach. Or if you feel numb, then just place it wherever the numbness is most present for you. And think of this hand as belonging to someone you know who is kind, caring, and loving toward you. 
let your hand rest on this part of your body gently. Notice how it feels on that part of you. Feel the warmth coming from your hand onto your body. In your mind, allow your body to soften in this area, making some space for the pain you feel. And hold this part of you gently, as if it were a crying baby. Send caring and warmth into this part of you. Let the kindness flow from your hand and fingers into your body. Now use both of your hands, place one on your chest and the other on your stomach. Again, let them rest gently, holding yourself kindly. Take, a, take as long as you need to connect, comfort, and support yourself. And then whenever you're ready, just open your eyes and take a stretch and come back to the present. If you like these meditations, um, definitely check out my YouTube channel. I'll link that in the show notes as well. I, I just post meditations on there. So there's more coming all the time. Um, and thank you everyone for tuning in this week. Please just keep making the most of it. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Chronically Living Podcast. If you love this week's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next week, stay strong.